Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Narcelli. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. Welcome back, Pursuers. We hope you are having a great summer. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, we shared that we would be discussing three themes from Matt Walsh's documentary. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, the documentary we are talking about today is the What is a Woman, which is um, a documentary that was released back in June. Yes. And in the documentary, Matt Walsh goes around the country and to Africa asking people, mental health professionals, doctors and professors, what is a woman? And in the process, he displays varied opinions about the subject in his attempt to bring light to culture's ideas about gender identity. And there's so much to learn in the process from the film. One of the things Matt Walsh does not do is bring religion or faith into it. He sticks to asking the questions and letting the responses speak for themselves. However, there were three main themes we wanted to focus on over the next few weeks, which include what is truth, how does the Bible define a woman, and our responsibility to the next generation. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about these three things and discussing it from a biblical worldview. Yes, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, Today, we are going to be focusing on what is truth. And if you have not watched the film, we will do our best not to share any spoilers and only the things that have been shared through trailers and things like that. But in the film, Matt is receiving an array of answers to his questions. So he decides to visit a college professor to discuss the differences between sex and gender. And there's actually several conversations about truth in the documentary. We're just going to focus on this one conversation. But Matt begins to ask a question specific to transgender individuals. And he uses the example of a trans woman who um, may identify as such, but has all the milk physical characteristics. And so he asks the question, couldn't we just plainly say that that person is male? At which the professor asks, well, why are you asking that question? The professor's trying to understand why that's so important to Matt. And Matt replies that he wants to understand reality. At which the professor tells Matt, if someone tells you who they are, you should just believe them. And the conversation continues. And Matt you know, Matt just says that he wants to understand the truth. And the, the professor becomes visibly irritated because Matt is invoking the word truth which the professor describes as condescending rude and transphobic and Matt asks why that word is condescending and rude and the professor takes the conversation in a different direction and just says well you know why don't you just start by telling me what your truth is and Matt responds by saying well I don't think that there is a my truth I think that there is just one truth which is reality yeah, and that was that was such a crazy part of this documentary. I felt like it was important for us to just park it here for an episode and examine why this idea of truth is so vital for us as Christians right now in this moment in history. And we're going to be unpacking a few things. One is what is truth, just in general, what is truth? Two, can truth be subjective? In other words, is there such thing as my truth? Three, what does scripture say about truth? And then lastly, what is the big deal? Like, why are we talking about this? 
Yeah, I uh, I was thinking as I was watching this exchange between him and the professor that I was the person who had this exchange back in college. I, I was a social work school and I was not a believer and I was talking to this girl who was a believer and we had actually just finished some LGBT training and she just did not agree with some of the ideas that we were being taught and she would was essentially arguing with me that there was only one truth and I would say well your truth is not my truth and we went out it for a few minutes just arguing this whole my truth versus the truth and um, once I became a believer you know I understood what, what she meant but as, as a non-believer it wasn't really apparent to me and so we're gonna actually kind of talk a little bit about that you know like how to approach the subject from maybe when we're having a conversation with a, be a believer versus a non-believer but we wanted to start today with what is truth and so I'm just gonna let you take that Erica I know I always bring the definitions but you bring the definitions this time yes so according to the Collins definition it says that the truth about something is all the facts about it rather than the things that are imagined or invented um, another uh, way they described it was um, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. And then we've got Webster's definition of truth, which is the body of real things, events, and facts, fidelity to an original or to a standard, and sincerity in action, character, and utterance. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest with you, I've never really considered what the definition of truth is. And uh, yeah. I was, as you were reading, I was thinking, okay, so if truth is factual or real, then, you know, can it be subjective? And so then, of course, I'm like, well, what is subjective means, right? So I was looking at the Oxford languages, a definition of what subjective is. And uh, subjective means that it is based or influenced by personal feelings, tastes, or opinions. And so if something is real, right, then it cannot be subjective because it's actually the opposite in a sense of the definition of truth. It's not something that can be just imagined or, or made up. There has to be some sort of evidence to to back it up. And in the film, Matt is actually making the case for the reality or the truth surrounding sex and gender. And we are going to discuss the distinctives of womanhood according to scripture in the next episode. However, um, I did want to bring up that there is this other part in the conversation where Matt is asking the question, what is a woman? And the professor says, well, it's a simple answer. You know, a woman is a person who identifies as a woman. And Matt is like, yeah, but what are they identifying as? And the professor is like, as a woman. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, but what is that? And like all throughout the film, he's kind of doing that, right? And it actually makes the film really funny. Um, and so Matt brings up this idea of a circular definition, which is essentially a definition that uses the term being described in the definition. And I found myself doing this too when it comes to truth. Like, well, the truth is the Bible. The Bible says it's true, so then therefore it must be true. <laughs> so yeah. I like that um, that you were saying the definition, you know, that it's facts or reality. And so I, I think that, I guess, moves us to maybe just use a, a, a different, maybe a different type of logic to determine, okay, well, you know, are we also using a circular definition, you know, because I think it's really easy to look at the professor and just be like, well, you know, how can they just say a woman is a woman, you know, but we oftentimes do the same thing where we're like, well, truth is truth. 
And it's like, well, what is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I've struggled with this before because when we think about the perspective of an unbeliever, when we say that God is the only truth, I'm sure unbelievers automatically think that we're doing the exact same thing. Meaning like they see us imagining or making up this God and saying he's the only truth, but you know, they can't see him. They they haven't experienced him. So how does a person know that it's true? I'm going to be like that one uh, mental health professional in the in the film when she's like that's a really good question (laughs) there's like no answer it's like that's a really good question yeah no but there is an answer you know i I know i know that there's an answer to it yeah but i mean i think it's something that i uh found myself kind of coming across before and having to like work it out right i'm having to think through it yeah and i think that was essentially the conversation i was having with with that classmate she was speaking from the context of revelation through Christ Jesus and that that relationship yeah. that she has. But mm-hmm. I didn't have that relationship, which now I do. And so I think it is important to kind of differentiate these two things because personal testimony from the biblical standpoint as believers, right? It's evidence of God's um, transformation in our lives. But for someone who may not, know or understand that they may just be like okay but that still doesn't make it true like i'm an atheist Mm -hmm. and like i i feel like i've been transformed too you know what i mean like exactly yeah yeah. no for sure yeah and so i guess like i'm gonna try to take a stab at what you're saying but i think the the biggest thing for us is understanding that like we did not imagine this god or make this god up right so the god that we follow is actually a God that's written in the Bible, which is an actual credible book. So and it, essentially, we didn't like we're not looking to ourselves and our feelings to say, oh, God exists. There's yeah. actually evidence that he exists. And I, I, I would have to be honest to say that I think many Christians do simply go off of feelings and emotions of yeah. it. But that's that's why we wanted to park it here for a little bit because there's more to it than just the experience. We are standing on something that is solid. Yeah. And so, you know, well, what is some of that evidence, right? So I would say that there is um, literature. And one of the things that always stands out to me is that, like, let's just kind of take literature like at face value, right? Let me see how I can articulate this. So in order for any book to be considered a credible historical document, it actually has to meet a criteria for credibility mm-hmm. and authenticity. And the Bible supersedes that criteria. Does that make sense? And so um, the Bible has been written by more than 40 different writers over mm-hmm. a period of 2,000 years. So this is a book that has transcended generations. It is, if it's only, you know, even if it's just considered a literary ancient work, right? Mm-hmm. It is something that has been continuously authenticated. And yeah. so if you actually take time, anybody, believer, non-believer, you actually take time to research the validity and reliability of the scriptures, you're actually going to find that it is a pretty authentic book. Yeah, yeah. Even even unbelievers will attest to the accounts Correct. that are said in this literature. 
Yeah, and yeah. so one author says, you know, few people would doubt that Plato really wrote the works ascribed to him, and yet the Bible is far <laughs> more authenticated. You know, yeah. and I think, like, that's saying something, because there are a lot of people who will not believe in the Bible, right? But they will believe in other literary works. Mm-hmm. And so it actually sort of highlights something about the human spirit in regards to our rejection of God. Like, the evidence yeah. shows it. We're just not convinced by it because, you know, whatever reason. Or we don't like what it says. So yeah. we don't want to attest to it. Because it can be, it, it, it exposes our sin. Um, yeah. And so oftentimes we don't, we don't want to agree with it. Yeah. So, you know, again, if we are believers, then we are presuming that we believe the Bible to be true based on um, many of us believe it by faith. Right. But that alone, like the faith component is something that's necessary for our relationship with the Lord, but not necessarily to argue that something is true. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so the point, I guess, that I wanted to make is that there is historical and scientific data and archaeological data that supports the validity and authenticity of the scriptures. So the question about truth being subjective, I feel like with this truth is not subjective. It's not something that's based on our culture, our society. Truth is really is it's a self-expression of God. God created all things. He defined what all things are supposed to be. And he rules over all those things. So essentially, I feel like truth is a reflection of who God is. And therefore, if we're rejecting the truth, it's really just a fact that we're rebelling against the truth of who God is. So essentially, just rebelling against God. It's the it's the logic. Um, okay, like, Monday happens, Friday happens, right? So like what we experience, how we feel on those days may vary. But what's not going to vary is gravity, right? Like what's not going to vary is the fact that we're in the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. So these things don't vary. And these are things that are pointed to in scriptures. And this is just one minor example. But there's, there's things that the Bible proclaims and says that we can argue about against our feelings and we can argue about all these things. Like for uh, another example, it's the future. Like none of us know the future. Yet yeah. here is this Bible claiming to know its future. And so, you know, just kind of going back to like, well, it's truth subjective, I think. Or, you know, can someone say, yeah, well, you just made this God up. I think for us as believers, we're not looking to ourselves as gods to determine our truth. Like, we don't believe that there is such a thing. We believe that there is the truth and that truth is found in the word of God, which is the, the scriptures and and this outside source that we use and that we believe is literally God himself revealing himself to us as a, as a creation. Yeah, I mean, and that truth would be based off of like the John sixteen thirteen, right? When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And so there is an author of truth, which essentially comes from God. That's good, Erica. So there's an author of truth who then leaves us also a spirit of truth to guide mm-hmm. us towards truth. Towards the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which then, you know, kind of leads us to this whole idea of like, well, what's what's the big deal? Yeah, like, I mean, I think when I try to consider, like, 
what the danger is in this. I feel like us as Christians, when we're not certain about the truth, we begin to allow things in our lives to really start blurring those lines, which Mm -hmm. I think is where we're at now, um, where we just don't know where we stand on certain things. And therefore, we're now taking in things that God would not consider truth or to be good, and therefore leaving ourselves susceptible to falling into sin, which God doesn't want us to do. And when I go down that route of like why God doesn't want sin, it's because that leads to our own destruction. And because he loves us so much, he doesn't want us to go down a a path of destruction, but one of freedom and truth. And therefore, we're going against that that uh, desire and anticipated plan for what we were created to do and be in relationship with him. We can only have that with the relationship with him. Um, so I feel like, you know, what is the danger? For me, it's the danger of not being certain about what is what, which then creates confusion, What I, which is what I know is not of God. Confusion, let's, you know, like even talk more literally, that can bring stress in my life, which I don't want nor need, which when you become uh, stressed, your body then begins to take a toll. So then physically, I am not well And it it just kind of goes downhill from there. And obviously, that seems like a pretty dramatic thing. But this is what's happening, I feel, right now. I mean, we are so uncertain about so many things. We're falling into these pit, like little um, pit holes of, of sin here and there, not even realizing where those bumpers are for us, right? I I always consider, we think we talked about this in one of our episodes where we talked about, you know, God has put these commandments in place, not to hurt us, but to keep us safe from the things that he knows sin can bring into our lives. And so I think the same thing right now, when we're deviating from the truth, which is essentially God and his way and his ordained um, realities that he's brought forth to us, then we essentially are falling into a place that is not healthy for us as as humans, um, physically, mentally, or spiritually. Oh my gosh, there's so much there. And it's, it's so good. And um, I love the idea of the bumpers, because I feel like lack of those bumpers is my truth, is is me Mm -hmm. saying well i feel this way and then therefore i should do these things and as you were talking i was thinking just kind of had a thought about just different relationships romantic relationships even that i've been in that i've even allowed myself to uh, move in a certain direction because of these ideas of my truth will and and it goes back to feelings right i feel like all of this encapsulates some of the episodes that we've done in the past where yeah if we're being led by our feelings like we're not called to do that like the originator of life is giving us a standard and and it's also giving us the bumpers that you mentioned yeah so that we are not persuaded i mean even paul talks about about us not giving into these deceptive philosophies that he says that essentially come from these forces in the world that have nothing to do with christ and who we are who we were created to be who we, what we're called to do and so um one of the things that um ali beth stuckey she says that exchanging 
my truth for the truth actually impacts the personal decisions that we make and also the relationships that that we build Mm. and so um you know she makes the argument that my truth is not gonna set me free and that is actually you know that comes straight from from scripture where um and John eight thirty two says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So even the Bible or scripture is telling us that there is freedom in, yeah. in the truth. Yep. One of the things that the scriptures instruct us to do is to what? To fasten the belt of truth around our waist um, and yeah. put on the breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. That's in Ephesians chapter six. Um, because what does that truth belt of truth do? It protects us. It um, it gives us security. You know, I, I was thinking of the analogy of a car when you put on your seatbelt, right? Like, let's say you get into a car accident. The idea of the seatbelt is that if something happens, you might get hurt, but at least the, the seatbelt is supposed to keep you fastened, right? Yeah. There's a safety net that comes from that, that again, actually they were created, those seatbelts were created with evidence of how it can actually save lives. Yeah, yeah. And so again, if these things are true, then they have massive implications for our lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and if, if you don't, you know, I, I go to Romans 1, mm. 24. It says, therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God mm. for a lie and worshiped and served the creature, right? My truth, my body, mm. my thing, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. If you go to 26, it says, for this reason, Okay, what is, and we're talking about like, what is the implications? Like, uh, so why do we care? For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness. So we're thinking about what what is the destruction here? And it says here, of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, and malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. So when we talk about what is the implications of not knowing the truth and not standing on the truth, it's the things that we're seeing today. Yeah. We see all of these things happening today because we're choosing me my truth, my reality, what I want to be true, not God's truth, which is God and who he is. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's rough. So to end, right, what's the big deal? The big deal is that we want freedom, but I think the freedom that a lot of people are saying they want isn't the freedom that actually produces freedom in our lives. That's good. So I just wanted to read 
um, John 8, 31, 33. So he says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so, you know, uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention, um, Erica, that it's not, um, it's not just freedom, it's love. We talked about love um, before. And what did it say? Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. It actually rejoices with the with the truth. truth. <laughs> it rejoices in the truth. And so, you know, yeah. when we don't honor the truth, we're, we're replacing that with a lie. And just w one thing that, um, you know, pastor always says, before you can defend, you need to define. And I think right now, part of the, um, and I'm not just talking about conversations with, with non-believers. I'm talking about conversations even with believers. Yeah. We're, we're all defending something that we haven't even defined because we have allowed yeah. culture to dictate ideas of truth as opposed to us looking to the truth for that standard. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we're getting in conversations, there, there are things that are not gray. They're pretty black and white in scripture. And we have to know what that is. And so... I would like to challenge all of us to really understand, yeah. okay, what is it that the Bible is saying is true and making sure that we're able to define it before we go out there to try and defend it. Yeah. And also understanding that a conversation with a believer is different than a conversation without the unbeliever. We've said yeah. it many times in which scripture says that the man without the spirit can discern the things of the spirit. It is the spirit who guides us to all truth. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to um, essentially kind of do what Matt Walsh did in the documentary where he's like, he's not getting into fruitless arguments with non-believers, right? Like he is sticking to the science and the biology. And there are times where we need to do that. But there are times, especially when talking to other believers, where we need to lead them to truth. But in order for us to do that, we need to know what it says and we need to define it um, so that there is no, again, no ambiguity on our part in regards to what we believe. Yeah, so I encourage our listeners, those who are struggling with truth or trying to figure out what we're talking about altogether, I wanted to encourage you to really seek God and um, ask and pray that he show and reveal to you his truth. In Hebrews eleven six, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we want to ask you these questions before we go. What lies have you accepted as truth? Really examine yourself, examine not only what you think, examine your actions. And there may be certain things that you may be doing that are based off of lies, but not necessarily God's truth. So listeners, I hope that we have uh, encouraged you, but also challenged you as much as this topic has challenged us to really think through what are the lies that we may be thinking about um, that are not based off of truth, and to really understand the concept that truth is God. It is, it is who he is, how he has created all things. And so once you start deviating from that, there's no freedom. There's no life in that. And so we encourage you to uh, continue this journey with us as we seek that. And we pray that God reveal that to us just as much as we hope yeah. that he reveals that to you. Yeah, that's good. So we hope you have a wonderful week and let's stand for truth, pursuers.